Hey folks, this is Billy from Dankless Wargaming. Hey, this is Heath with Team Table War Hawaii. And welcome to the Path to Redemption, the Warhammer 40,000 Dark Angels podcast, where we try to provide Dark Angels players with the tactical and hobby skills that they need in order to compete and enjoy this wonderful hobby of ours. Well, uh, Heath, it's been a few months, unfortunately, but... It has been a minute. Uh, it has been a minute. I'm still in a basement, as you can see. I've, I've made one move. I'm... I may have found a place to stay closer to Indianapolis, away from family with my uh, former roommate, uh, which is pretty close to a couple of big game stores and indie tournament scenes, so hopefully that'll work out and get some more events in. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and that would make it a lot easier to do content, right, if I'm actually like playing events and be like, hey, this is how I Around people that are generating content. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree. Because uh, I think <laughs> so... one of the guys over there, so I think his name's Eddie Draper. I met him at Gen Con. Uh, he does Men at Wa podcast, so like we'd also be able to do some crossovers and stuff. That would be pretty cool hmm. if we could get that all down. That's always good. All right, so for the podcast this month, the September podcast, got a, uh, a couple changes here. So uh, the new release thing has kind of died off unless you're thinking about getting the new Kill Team box, uh, which I've got to look at the new Kill Team rules. They're actually pretty cool. Uh, I might actually try playing a game that doesn't have, you know, 30, 40 minis in an army list for once, so that'd be kind of a big step for me. Uh, but instead, we're going to talk about the eBay requisitions instead of new releases, because I found a place that people might want to go if they're looking for cheap minis. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Metal Watch, take a look at some of the information from the Florida uh, Open, as well as some of the August-September meta reviews. And, I mean, it's not great reading for Dark Angels players, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Then in a featured segment, we're going to talk about uh, picking secondaries. Then we'll review our monthly challenge from the last time we had the podcast. And then community interaction is kind of short this month, uh, but I do have a question that was posed to me from a guy that sat at the paint and take table uh, at Gen Con with me for over 16 hours, and we helped him, me and the team there were helping him uh, work on this intercessor for 16 hours because he wanted to learn that heavy metal style. Oh, wow. So he was super hardcore into it. Uh, and so he did. That's he cool. asked me a question. Yeah. He asked me a question I couldn't answer because uh, I was I was working at the time, and I was like, "Yeah, the answer I mm -hmm. actually have for you, I can't I can't say because it's not." A I can't give it to you. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a good segue. So you went to Gen Con, right? Not not just as a as a con attendee, but as a as a hired help for the great workshop. Yeah, I, I got in as a temporary uh, convention. Uh, worker, and that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, there are things you had to sign where, like, we can't say this and that or the other, uh, and talk too much about what you did because you know company secrets and all that. Now that being said, like, I was literally I ran a paint and take for eight hours a day for four days and saw over five hundred people. So I guess that's information like you would have learned if you'd gone because like one of my buddies kept coming by every day to talk to me and couldn't because I literally it was me and one other guy. Uh, and 35 <laughs> people around a paint table for eight hours a day. So, well, that's fine. So, like that—that that was just what. That's how good it was. though. Yeah. Oh, and it was—and it's really neat to like go in and see what the con is like from the other side, and like be in there early to help set up and tear down things like that, and to meet some of the teams. So, if you actually get a chance to go to an open or a con with the U.S., North America, or the global team, where it's like it's Mike Brandt and Ryan Schulzer. Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. I just called him Ryan, so that's what I remember. Ryan, they're they're both really cool guys, and uh, your buddy uh, 
Nate Goodfellow was there, and uh, shout out Nate Goodfellow, Team Texas. Oh gosh, what's and then Max? Max is pretty cool, and Brian, like all the dudes, they're like super cool dudes. So if you ever get asked to do something like that, I would definitely recommend it because it's a great time. Uh, the only other thing I think is kind of goofy is that you have to just like start saying we instead of they, and like if you got a shirt on, uh, like people like some some vendors took some pot shots at me, bro. Like they were like, hey man. When am I going to get my stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just here to teach people how to paint. I don't work logistics. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's you're the you're you're the you're the corporate we now. Yeah, it was that yeah. was interesting, but uh, it was a blast. So if you ever get at, if anybody's had a chance to ask to do something like that for any company, uh, but particularly Games Workshop, it was awesome. So I highly suggest it. Uh, it was worth it. Well, I would guess the only question I would really have would be. You know, what's what's the the hit rate for people just sitting down like what's this game we're painting stuff you know you get how many hours with them and then they come out you know sold not sold like interested but maybe they're gonna pick something else what what's what's the conversion it looked factor like on we that? had people for about 45 minutes on average right there was like this that one guy in particular and there's this other guy that I'm pretty sure he came from China or uh, at some in some fashion because he was asking questions at the one of the reveal days about like getting the books translated into Chinese properly because apparently in China right now, if you want to get a 40k book, you don't buy the Games Workshop official ones because they're so poorly translated they don't make any sense. There's literally a third party group of people huh. that translate all the codexes, and that's what they use. Um, and that guy was there. He came to the table and he painted. He didn't paint one model, but he you know he painted a couple different things. But he probably spent about 12 hours at the paint table. Uh, but those are sort of the two exceptions. We had most people were there about 45 minutes to an hour, and there was a pretty decent number of people that, you know, asked us to like, you know, where can I buy this stuff? And they'd go over and buy. And there were a lot of people that were like, they were already Warhammer people that came in and they just wanted to get a free Space Marine or whatever. Uh, but a lot of people came in and <laughs> yeah. like the Stormcast Vindictor, like the Spear and Shield guy for Stormcast that just came out with the Dominion box, very popular. People were really into that just sort of in the vacuum of like people who didn't know much about Warhammer at all. Like they just kind of looked at the two models and went, you know, space Marine guys, like looks like a stormtrooper, probably can't hit anything or dude with a spear and a shield that looks like some sort of like Spartan Superman. And that guy won. I, I will say I, I don't play AOS, but their models are just fire. Yep. They are sick. I've, I have used a bunch of AOS models uh, as like Eldari characters and stuff like that because they're so dynamic. Yeah, they're they those that design team has got their got their head on straight. They know what they're about. Oh yeah, and then they got this like new dragon thing for Stormcast coming. I've been listening to the Honest Wargamer, and like that dude is like totally Rob, the guy that runs that, is like totally down for just mm -hmm. running six yeah. dragons. He's like, that's all you need to do: run six dragons and you win. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was kind of how that worked out at Gen Con. It was pretty awesome. My feet were tired, uh, but it was a pretty good deal. And uh, I got these. Uh, I got a. They had these. They had leftover packs from the Florida GT, so I got one of those. Picked that up while I was there. That was pretty cool. So I got like all the objectives, which we're gonna talk about the secondaries. Got them all as cards here, so okay, it's pretty cool. I don't have to go flipping through a book. I can just like lay out cards now. So if you go to a GT, expect to get something similar to that. You'll just have all that stuff, so you don't have to keep flipping through your book. To be to be fair, a Games Workshop run GT, like an open event, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which the next one's in New Orleans next weekend. 
and then there's mm-hmm. the one in Texas, and then LA, I think, was like the special invite one. And that's closer to November or December, I think. All right. All right. Well, well, that's super cool. Um, I'm a little jelly about going to a con, but it's just it's just a long way for me. It's a, I, the one time I went to Nova, it was a, I think it was a ten hour plane ride. That's brutal. So, yeah, I mean, like, you're entering argument to get anywhere is six hours from here. Just to get to California, it's six hours on an airplane. So, eh, you just get used to it. But um. I just, I really, I would love to be able to do that more often, but it's tough with, you know, having to take time off work and you lose a whole day going each direction, yeah. uh, or at least going one direction, going East, you lose a whole day, uh, leaving Hawaii, you generally leave at night and then get there in the next morning. And if you have to connect, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, more, hopefully more of that next year, uh, or maybe the year after also, cause I just, tri- you know, I got out of the military last year and went from being very senior with all kinds of saved up leave to, uh, None. <laughs> so, little little hard to take off time when when you don't have any when you don't have any saved up vacation. Yeah, but, I understand that because I got so I got one of those I, jobs where like I have to yeah. work a year before I get any vacation. So like I'm just working for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I see in our show notes that um you probably hit on the same thing I did. eBay is popping yeah. right now with Dark Angel parts like. I was on there a few months ago trying to just browse and keep in touch. No, not a whole lot. Like Deathwing command squads, hard to come by. Ravenwing, hard to come by. Yeah. Attack bikes. You can't get attack bikes. Now, now's the time. Yep. There's like, I saw, I, I saw Samael on I there. Got me some. Uh, yeah. Like Deathwing command squads, any, like all kinds of stuff yeah. is up on eBay right now. So, um, I, I did. Last night, I didn't even know we were going to do this segment for the show, but uh, a couple days ago, I picked up a uh, a Scout Landspeeder, a Landspeeder Storm, because I've got some, yep. you know, now that I've got a few more games of Ninth under my belt, and I really kind of see where it's going, I, I want to be able to push out, take objectives, uh, and that thing's ridiculous movement and the fact that it can disembark Scouts afterwards, so they can jump out, start doing actions, really push out to get that Arteris data and all that kind of stuff is a... Uh, is 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 good. I like I like that functionality. So I picked up one of those, and uh, some extra bits uh, for Contemptor Volkite. Uh, I actually picked up Contemptor Volkite like five months ago, and I built one. And then I start hearing my talk on the podcast circuit about Contemptor Volkite. I played it once. I didn't roll any sixes to wound. I didn't do immortals, and then it got aced by a bunch of by a bunch of Necron shooting. But um, I can see the attraction. I, I I am excited about it. I think it's a good tool. Uh, I don't know if it's the right tool for where we're going, but we can talk about that more in the future. Yeah, and I think the scout so, transport thing's pretty sweet too because you can shoot out of it, and it's like the only space marine thing you can do that with. So if you if you get if, you, if you're made yeah, with... I don't know how. I don't ultimately know how useful being able to shoot out of it is, but, um. Well, I guess if you like, you you loaded a bunch of uh, you loaded a bunch of snipers up into it. And then they can shoot out of it. Once again, I guess you'd have to you would save the points on having to buy them camo cloaks if you just bought you know two points to buy a sniper rifle. Um, sniper like the scout snipers aren't aren't super effective, I don't think, in this edition because bodyguards are everywhere. Yeah. So it's like the super lookout, sir. But 
I'd probably be more inclined just to give them either shotguns or close combat weapons and drop them on an objective and be an action monkey. No, I, and I can see that too. I just, I just like rubbing it in on uh, like my roommate that's adamant that Space Marines could do everything everybody else does but better as he sits there playing his Drukhari and I'm like, yep, I can even play the open top transport game because scouts. Yeah. But yeah, the key thing here is like, yeah. so if you go to the Frontline uh, Gaming secondhand store, that's where I like to go to get stuff and I'm sure you've probably been there too before Heath. Uh, and right now, some of the deals, because I had to go back and double check because I bought some of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> so it might, it's not there anymore. And just to see if they've added anything else. But like, you can get a Devastator Squad for about $25, $35. Assault Intercessors for about $20, $25. Hellblasters are $25 a squad. So you, you still got a lot of those uh, Dark Imperium box guys are still floating around. It's basically where that's coming from. Uh, you still have... I'll tell you, I am, I am hype on Hellblasters right now. Like, I ran. A, I played a game a couple weeks ago where I ran two squads of five assault hellblasters with two impulsors and a unit of blade guard. Oh yeah, that's good. And it's just like, okay, well, whatever you need to push forward, put it into the transport, and then uh, moving moving an impulsor ten or twelve inches, however far it goes. I don't remember jumping out three inches, and then those assault hellblasters be able to shoot twenty four inches does does some work um you can really develop your position you can push them up to the midboard drop them out into a building or post up behind a building uh and and being able to spike their damage to three oh yeah yeah really gives you really gives you the ability to i think orc buggies are one of the things that's going on out there a lot so and assault trans assault hellblasters at strength six it's all you need so i'm i'm really into that unit and they're not quite the you can you can use them on turn one, put them almost anywhere at the same place as you would put a unit of uh, drop intercessors, so plasma intercessors. So, and five of them gets you fifteen shots, which is just about the same as a max unit as a unit of three assault intercessors or three uh, plasma scepters. Oh yeah, 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 for pretty for not not many more points, and uh, you can use them on turn one. So. And that's pretty good. And then you can still, uh, in terms of things that are still available, you can still get those uh, Dark Vengeance Tactical Squads, $18, the uh, Not the Attack Bikes, but the regular Biker Squad that was in, also in that box for about $24, $30. If uh, you want to go and play some Outriders, you can get them for about $30 still. So some leftover Indominus Box guys or the Starter Box guys, people got those out there. And then if you got hold of Shadow Spear, there's still some Shadow Spear Infiltrators available, about $25 a, guy, a squad. Intercessors twenty dollars from in Dark Imperium. There was a drop pod on there for twenty six dollars, which I remember when there was a period where nobody could get drop pods, like they were gone and 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 now they are yeah. back and they still do the same thing they did back when everybody wanted them. It's just everybody kind of moved on from the gimmick, but it's not a bad gimmick. It's still useful. Uh, and then I really, I really think that the Dark Angels have a have a significant use case for drop pods, like being able to drop Azrael with his four up invul bubble in the middle of the table to, to all of a sudden give your stuff jumping out of a out of a impulsor or whatever a four up and bull save yeah yeah that's pretty spicy uh, or drop them in your, your opponent's backfield with a couple of units small units of uh company veterans yeah to get octarius data or maybe drop a librarian in the back to do a thing i don't know let's say there's 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 a the thing there well i didn't help put them in your your uh, Devastator squad. Yeah, that's been the big one and that I, I've even experienced with that myself is the dropping a Devastator squad out of a drop pod. That way you, they're protected. They're not going to get shot off the board. Then they come in where you need them. They have line of sight on whatever they have to have line of sight on. And you just light them up. And if they got multi-meltos like the mm -hmm. ones I had, had 
uh, have had, you drop them within 12 inches, so that way they can get that, that bo bonus damage and you just light them up. Uh, yeah. And then the Terminators, also from Dark Vengeance, are available for about $25, $30 for a squad of five, which, if you remember when the book first came out, you could not buy Terminators to save your life. They were gone. Yeah. I think either meta chasers are kind of moving on or maybe just the market's corrected, cut yep. back up. But hey, I bought you know, I <laughs> I bought all my Terminators back in uh in fifth edition when Apocalypse came out. <laughs> I must have spent I must have spent hundreds of dollars on Terminators thinking I was gonna field an entire freaking the whole first company, but um I've moved on a little bit since then, but no, um yeah, I'm into I'm into relic terminators now with you know uh, yeah. with the little lightning claws uh but no a good old terminator squad nothing you know yeah, that's good. that's definitely a good thing to have you should have some of those as a as a dark angels player they're still good and i think there might and just keep your eye open for vanguard or blade guard vet squads because i picked up one for 30 bucks that i started converting over for dark angels oh wow so. oh wow yeah so they were and they were already like contrast painted to be deathwing guys too so although i kind of painted over the nice. contrast because it's not very uh, thick, so and I do a lot of dry brushing. I was afraid the dry brushing would just take it off, so I just restarted. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was trying to do. I went through a phase about a year and a half ago where I was trying to use contrast and everything. Uh, it's got its use cases. Um, Ravenwing Raven bikes is not one of those use cases. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to. I just went back and airbrushed all my Ravenwing over uh, in the last last month. Um, but yeah, no, I. There's a if you want to be if you want to be mean like fifteen blade guard fifteen dark oh, angels yeah. blade guard are a three squads of five are going to give somebody fits uh, or just bring three squads of six and combat squad them into six squads of three uh, and it's going to be, be even harder to interact with yeah so and um we'll talk we can talk more in the main segment about where we think the psychic phase is going but yeah yeah, yeah. um and hey I'm telling you those outriders. Uh, a lot of people have moved on from Outriders unless they're Death Watch, but yeah. I, I really think the Outriders have a use case. Like they, they're they're a big base. Um, they have just a crazy amount of output. They have 19 attacks yeah. on the charge, and uh, you can you can hunt them forward. And I, I got them from my side of the board to the other side of the board on a Dawn of War deployment, uh, and flipped an objective on turn one, and. 19 attacks, reroll all hits, reroll all wounds with Righteous Repugnance. Yeah. <laughs> There's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've just thought about my problem is that like, people see them, and I've always just run one squad of them, but the price point low right now and the fact that no one's used to them because no one's played with them since the beginning of the edition, I'm thinking about just going all in and running three squads and being like, here it is. This is what it is. You can't kill them all. I don't know if I'd run three squads. Um, I think two and then maybe like so get those dark vengeance spikers because ultimately yeah. those dark vengeance spikers you get if you put five of those things down you get more wounds uh that are divvied up kind of in a more beneficial way like yeah five you know four four models with three wounds plus an attack bike you get more shooting and you can put a um you can put it like a thunder hammer on the sergeant right and you can give two two melted guns on the guys or two or everyone else gets a chain sword um, and, and they're relatively cheap. Oh, um, yeah, Black Knights just keep failing me on how expensive they are vice their, vice their damage output. 
So regular bike squads, I think, do have a lot of, there's a lot of value there for the points. That's good. Well, speaking of uh, how things are playing, looking at Meta Watch, uh, it's some kind of dark reading for us Dark Angels players because the top tables uh, for the last couple months have not included any Dark Angels lists. Uh, we had an ad, ad mech list when the uh, Florida Open back in August, uh, the GT there. Uh, the win rate, according to Goonhammer's August uh, meta review, uh, and it hasn't really changed when their September one came out either, was that the Dark Angels are sort of at a 53% win rate, which really isn't that bad. You're winning over half your games competitively. That's actually, that's actually perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Like, average, you want you want all factions in a game like this to be 50 plus or minus like 5? And on the high side of 50? Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's just when Jukari are like sixty six percent. That's where like maybe you might feel the feel the bad yeah. feel bad. Yeah. But... <laughs> and then the other thing that's interesting, yeah. uh, they found statistics that Sisters of Battle have a sixty three percent win rate against Dark Angels. I could see that. Um, they you would think that there's so they have they have a lot of the tools necessary to kind of bypass uh, bypass a lot of our strengths. Yeah. Um. You know, a squads of Zephyrim charging. They just have so much output, and they're at strength four, which makes transhuman irrelevant. Right. Uh, if we still had the old stand firm, that would be a different story. But uh, and they have just so many, so many MSU capabilities and the ability to generate mortal wounds. So there's there's a real yeah. They could be they could be tough. I've I've gotten lucky against them, against them a couple times, uh, but it was <laughs> it was I think it was luck. So, and sort of uh, leaning yeah. into what our main segment is looking about uh, how at secondaries, uh, the sec faction secondaries that they had in the Metal Watch from Goonhammer this month had stubborn defiance, stubborn defiance for Dark Angels. It was sixty nine percent of the time it was picked, which is pretty nice, uh, with the ten point six point average per game. And then Death on the Wind got picked about fifteen percent of the time by Dark Angels players with the ten point one average. Uh, I am not one of those people because I can't score any of that kind of points with either of those. Uh, what I found funny is that Martial Interdiction, which is the one where you like you pick an enemy character and you fight them and you kill them, you get a bunch of points. Uh, that only gets picked about 4% of the time and it only averages about 7.5 points. Uh, and that's the yeah. only one that I've ever been able to do. And every time I pick it, I get max points. So I don't understand. Really? I don't understand why I can't make my Dark Angels army work like everybody else's. But it just it doesn't. It refuses to behave like everything else in the meta. So I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but that's just been my experience so far. Hmm. Oh yeah, we we'll let's talk about more that more a little bit later. Yep. So uh, in terms of uh, results, uh, we had the uh, normal blokes GT, which I believe was in Australia, based on the fact they were talking about BCP down under, and uh, Braden Kirby Francis. And it's called blokes. Blokes. Oh. <laughs> it's Normal blokes. Got me. See, I don't speak that dialect of English. Mm. Which I could go on forever talking about English, different dialects of the English language because I find it interesting how this language, everyone talk, like makes fun of it all the time. For uh, But it's like there are literally people in other parts of the world that speak the same language and we can't understand each other because the language is that different. And I find that hilarious. Uh, but the... Uh, Mr. 
uh, Kilby Francis here. He played Dark Angels. They didn't have a list listed on Goonhammer because he was sort of in the also ran also ran section. Uh, he got seventh place, uh, but it says by his description he was running Deathwing Crunch, which I'm assuming he's running, you know, Deathwing Terminators of some nature. And then he had the Talon Master, which we all know what Talon Master that is, and then a Volkite Contemptor. So uh, that goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Heath, about you having a Volkite Contemptor. Uh, that that's starting to be a thing yeah. again and then there was the carnage here we go again lads event and there was a fourth place dark angels list there with pablo pa uh, Pradas, but pablo did not upload his list in a way that goonhammer could look at it so we have no idea what he did to get fourth place but he did so congratulations to those two gentlemen for making it into the article at their events because just even getting to the top 10 at a gt is pretty impressive like considering the london gt i went and looked at that earlier there's almost 600 people in that event Mm, and yeah. uh, the Vegas team tournament's going on too. I have some friends out there playing in that, and there's like 29 tables of people, 25 tables of people playing these 5v5 team events. So there's all sorts of tables out there. Too. They said there's over 50 teams of five each. It's a it's a big event. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, in case you don't know what Volkite Contemptors are, it's a relic contemptor. So from the from the Forge World book, it's 140 points base for the hull, and they come with two heavy plasma cannons, which I don't mind. Yeah, I, I actually don't. have a couple on the way. Their heavy plasma cannons are D3 shots each. They're just two damage plasma cannons that are D3 shots each. Uh, and But you can swap them out for twin Volkite Culverins so a, uh, for five points each. So for 150 points, uh, so these Vol you can get a Contemptor Hull, so T7, like nine wounds... Five up with a five up yep. and will save minus one damage and it's core that's the thing oh yeah that's really relic good. contemptors are core so volkite culverins are heavy eight each so 16 shots Ooh. strength six ap nil two damage and if okay. you roll a six to wound it triggers immortal okay in addition so 16 shots you know and it's core so Assuming you stand still, you're going to hit on twos because you're a Dark Angel, plus one to hit. So you're going to hit with everything. You're probably going to be in range of a character to get the reroll, yep. or you just pop Wisdom of the Ancients to get a reroll for yourself. And you're going to get 15, 14 or 15 hits, and then you just look for you just look for mortal or for sixes. So, and with that many dice, you should get you should generate on average two to three mortal wounds per per roll. Uh, two flat damage and strength six. Strength six is ideal for killing big hordes like Skatari or sisters, assuming they don't pop their transhuman physiology stratagem. Uh, two damage is great for killing orc buggies. It's great for killing uh, Drakari transports. It's just a it's just a really optimal profile for almost anything. And you can so I, I ran this in a game and he just stood in the middle with all my characters, so that when my Deathwing rolled out. They they still got a big tough vehicle to look out sir for them, uh, and generate you know and he can trigger off the rerolls. You can he's a great target for Asriel's brilliant strategist to oh, roll yeah, back yeah. a doctrine for three turns in a row. So those Volkites are always minus one. You can put a cyclone missile launcher on him. So he, he, there's um the cyclone I missile launchers cyclone like launchers. yeah the cyclones are a big. Uh, they're 25 points, so it turns into 175 points. But I don't mind that. No. I mean, I really don't. <laughs> um, 
Well, the only, one of the downsides is they are, uh, they're, they have the relic rule with March for Martial Legacy, so they cost a CP yeah. to bring as well as the points. So, but I know there are Marine players out there running two or three of these things. Uh, and they were talking on, I think, Forge the Narrative the other day about how how people would think they're kind of starting to fall out of favor because there's so much minus one damage out there. You know what? I'm still cool with bringing one of them. I think the Dark Angels interact with it really well because of the plus one to hit, because of the core, because the Brilliant Strategist is very effective on it, and you're going to take Azrael so you have the command points to spend on it, and he's going to need something if it's not a... Uh, that's other than a Talon Master to use his Brilliant Strategist on. It might as well be a Volkite Contemptor. <laughs> um, and I was you know, just cruising around the other day. And one of the things I love about Wahapedia... I don't know if you can talk about Wahapedia since you've worked for Games Workshop now, but you know our our boy our boys over in in the Russian Federation, uh, Wahapedia does a great job of cross referencing a lot of stuff. So the only other data sheet that uses twin Volkite culverins is guess what? Hmm, probably like a Leviathan or something ridiculous. No, you know Le Leviathan's got some ridiculous stuff. That's that is true. I've got a use case for Leviathans, but. It's called a Land Raider Achilles. Wait, is that the one that's got the Thunder Fire Cannon off? The one with the inborn? Or the Thunder Fire Cannon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my buddies ran one of those recently at an event I was judging, and people are like, wait, that's a Land Raider? What does it do? It's like, it has an inborn, and it has an indirect fire gun, and people are like, this thing exists? And I'm like, apparently so. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> so I ordered more Volkite Culverins because I want to build one. There you um, go. It's 300 points. It's, so a, a Land Raider Achilles is 300 points. But that's not that much more expensive than a regular Land Raider. No. I actually even looked at a regular Land Raider. I couldn't even tell you. Um, <laughs> actually, hold on. I'm going to look this up because I need to know. I need to know what the Delta is. Yeah. Part. I, I didn't have this ready. Land Raider. Open a new tab. Shout at me. All right. A regular Land Raider is 265. Right? Okay. If you throw the multi-melt on top... It's basically 300, right? Yeah, yeah. So Land Raider Achilles gets you a pair of twin Volkite culverins. So the same thing, heavy 16. It's not four, clearly, it's a Land Raider. Yeah. But it has 16 wounds, a two up armor save, a five up invul save, and it comes with a Thunderfire cannon on its head. That's pretty good. And the Thunderfire cannon has either the indirect fire mode or it has. A, sh a direct fire shatter shell mode, which is heavy four, strength eight, minus two, three flat damage. Oh, God. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> that's and it also has happen. a... It also has a transport capacity of six Dark Angel infantry models that are not Primaris. But... Yeah. You could put three Terminators in here. Or, or five Dude Bros. I don't know, right? Yeah. But like I said, I don't... I don't hate it. I, I it's three hundred points, but the guys that I saw, it's a five up. Yeah, I understand the guys that I know that play with yeah. it. They love it. They think it's great, and they throw a tech marine in there to help keep it alive and give it plus one to hit and everything else. Right? Stupid. Like, yeah, it's it's not a bad deal. Yeah, you can stand still; it gets plus one to hit. You can move it; get a plus one to hit from the tech marine. You can heal it. Um, I mean, you can. I think. I think there's. I think there might be something there. Um, I really do. I think there might be something there. All right, there. everybody. There is, so I'm there gonna... is a Dark Angels Land Raider on the Frontline Gaming Secondhand Store. I've seen it there, so if you want one, I looked at it. it yesterday. I looked at it yesterday. 
It's actually very well nicely painted. It's got this awesome like stripe down the side with a big decal in the middle. And there are a lot of um, predators too. I've got I've got a land raider in my case. Let's go. I used to have five land raiders because once again, I played I I played like half the freaking first company <laughs> in 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 um in Apocalypse back in the day. But I'm I don't want to take that land raider and like chop it up to put Volkite on it. So I'm I'm I don't know. Maybe that'll be my monthly challenge. <laughs> I don't know if I can make that, <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, I, it's it's just it's got me thinking like a mad lad. That's all I'm saying. That's, anyway, that's the best. That's the one thing I like about a lot of these Forge World <laughs> models is that, and or, or, or things that are resin cast is that on the hobby side, like instead of having to deal with prices or resins, people are like, how can I just like chop something else up to make that? Like I've had so many crazy ideas of how to make Thunderfire cannons without the resin. Instead of yeah. paying eighty dollars, you know, way over the odds for the old Peter ones, or buying the the flimsy uh, resin, it's like I'm just going to go with uh, plastic ones. I had I had two Peter ones two years ago oh. because I played my guy. I, I used the regular Space Marine Codex in Fifth Edition uh, because the Dark Angels ones suck so bad, and because we didn't have access to we didn't have access to uh, Thunderfire cannons in Seventh or Eighth Edition. I sold them to a buddy oh. of mine, and now I'm I have and and now I'm regretting that, but that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, whatever. All right. Sorry, I went off on the thing. I did that's a thing. All right. Well, we're ready to do the next thing, which is our main segment, which is picking secondaries. So this is where we're going to kind of culminate some of the stuff we've talked about, where we've talked about some of the you know the new land raider or the new what is old but is now new land raider. This land raider Achilles that everyone's discovered that can survive in the high damage, high strength world that we live in uh, since 8th edition where like having an invuln is basically necessary for a large tank vehicle thing to survive looking at you Imperial Knights uh, looking at all the Eldar vehicles that have invulns if you don't have one, you know, think about why do we run Contemptors instead of regular Dreadnoughts well because Contemptors have invulns, like the end of story right, that's just where yeah. it is yeah, uh, and so I mean, well, let's let's not let's not. I mean, it's okay. You could you you do have access to a Space Marine psychic power that can That's give true. a five up invul, but that means you're not taking your Dark Angel psychic powers. Yeah, and you're also relying on you're not going to be able to have that have access to it on the first turn if you don't go first. Yep. So I'm less inclined to do that. So thinking thinking about all those kinds of things, thinking how are we going to play into this? The new second, well, the 2021 secondaries have been out for a while, but you were we were talking to them before the show started, Heath, and you seemed to feel like there was like get ready, for, there was like a shift, like you felt like something was about to happen that has not happened for a long time. You know, getting those Lord of the Rings vibes from uh, in this segment, and what do you think they're going to be the more powerful secondaries that we need to be thinking about as Dark Angels players going forward? All right. Um... I think that you know the the meta is really starting to kind of stabilize. Everyone real down into the point where everyone is taking MSU and everyone's just kind of realizing it's an objective game. Yeah. So, um, I and I've my, my usual opponent plays Necrons, and they have you know it's a board control army and it's really hard to sometimes to push back against that level of you know, just bodies. So. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are taking Stranglehold, which is a great object, great one. It says score three victory points at the end of your turn if you control three or more objective markers and more than your opponent. 
So if you have the ability to, one, project obsec bodies, or two, maybe remove obsec from people, right? hey, that's things we can do. Yeah. Right? Because uh, we can cast spells that take off people's obsec. You can use the Phobos Reaver Lieutenant to, to move and turn off people's obsec. Maybe you also give them rights of war. Um, I tried that once. Uh, I, it's it's kind of it's cute, but it's CP intensive. Yes. Um, but you know, if you if you give a, a, a reaver lieutenant rights of war, so he generates obsec, and you give him uh, the let's say uh, the what's that relic that increases the range of your R's by three inches? Oh yeah, that one. The Vox Esperitum. Yeah. The Vox Esperitum. Yeah. So then, when you turn on two CP in the command phase, you turn on his reaver armor. That his three-inch debuff obsec turns into a six-inch debuff obsec. So all you got to do is get him on an objective, and and you ha you own it, you have it. There's nothing they can do about it. So then, but it happens in the command phase. My initial plan was, what if I move him up, jump out of impulsor, yeah. and then like use the Phobos librarian to move him another twelve inches? But you can't you can't use the stratagem if he's in the impulsor at the beginning of the turn. But still, if he moves, advances, and then the Phobos librarian. Temporal corridors, um, you could potentially throw this guy 20 to 24 inches pretty reliably, and then his aura extends another six inches. That's pretty good. That means he just moves onto a moves onto a board, onto an objective, flips it for you. It doesn't matter if they have multiple units. He just flips it because it's an aura. And then you have bikes that either advance or um, full throttle up there to support him. And now your bikes are obsec. Doesn't matter because they're next to a, a, a character with rights of war. Right. So the only thing bad about that, so that's a great way to get stranglehold. The only thing bad about that is stranglehold is in battlefield supremacy. And you know what else is in battlefield supremacy? Oh, engage on all fronts. Yeah. And? Uh, I got to look through. My what head. did people take 70% of the time? Oh, the. the that deploy Octarius data or whatever? No, oh, stub oh, stubborn, stubborn defiance. defiance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Stubborn defiance. So you just have to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? Right? If you're if you want if you want to play Terminators, you're gonna take stubborn defiance, yeah. right? You're gonna build your army around a brick of ten Terminators that sits on objectives and y'all can just sit go sit and spin. I don't care what you're gonna do. Uh, I personally don't think that that's a super interactive play style because what you do with that army is you have 30 Terminators, you take Stubborn Defiance, sit on your home objective, and then you go take Oath of Moment, you go sit on the center objective, and uh, hey, <laughs> I'm going to score 30 points. Uh, that's all there is to it. So, but um, well, and that, I'm not and a huge fan of that. Too, that is a Space Marines player, so we do have access to two different sets of uh, set faction secondaries, mm -hmm. which nobody else does, and no one seemed to think that that needs. Well, people think it needs to be corrected, but no one that actually matters thinks it needs to be created corrected. So, what, what do you mean? What do you mean by action secondaries? You mean like just secondary tables? Well, yeah, like the access to two different secondary tables. Like you have the the core codex oh, right. one, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you have the supplementary one, and the like, Eldar don't have that, Gar don't have that. Nobody yeah. else has well, that. Well, yeah, you, no, they, they, they're not going to. You're right. And and, and so Chaos yeah, is the only one that'd be close enough. But the, even then, like Death Guard, don't get access to, will not get access to, the core Chaos book, 
and theirs. They're just going to have their same thing with Thousand Suns, and if anybody else gets a book, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, so um, the Battlefield Supremacy in the main Space Marine rulebook is called Shock Tactics. And okay, yeah. That's the one you get three victory points at the end of the battle round if you flip an objective. So not not reliable enough to not take Stubborn Defiance or Stranglehold. Yeah. I, so like, I really like to have secondary objectives that resolve at the end of my turn, so I have yeah. full control over, over them. So... Uh, so, but stubborn defiance is the only one of those that I'm not that I'm kind of hot enough on to take over it. So, uh, what about you, Bailey? What's what's your what's your favorites? Well, I've I've come to like this idea of having the uh, deploy teleport homers, especially now that teleport homers uh, let you because I think that's a shadow tactics one. So I think that's one that's it, it's a shadow op. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's it it competes with the retrieve Octarius data which I know a lot of people are big fans of. I remember back when it was uh, Deploy Scramblers, and yeah, that was my thing, and I built a whole list around it with drop pods and vets. But I've actually mm -hmm. started to lean more towards the teleport homers because you can use bikers. And Dark Angels are one of the only yep. factions that has biker characters that aren't captains. So your Dravenwing Champions and your Apothecaries oh. uh, are useful. Because I... Does it say no characters? It does not. It does not say no characters. I missed that. That's cool. And so the idea That's really cool. Because the idea is you have to have the whole squad wow, fully right. within so many inches of your enemy's deployment zone or in their deployment zone to use it. And so the problem is if you use like outriders with their big bases or, you know, your big squad of bikes, you you it's really hard to kind of get them all in in there with even with some of the movement shenanigans, uh, just to score points. Whereas if you have these characters, you know, a small dude on a bike, he just kind of flips over within 24 inches and starts deploying teleport homers for a few points. Uh, and then on the next turn, you know, zips into the back corner of the enemy deployment zone and then starts dropping in points. It's not so bad that way. So that's sort of something I've been looking at and trying to, you know, sneak a, a champion in or, you know, maybe run that second apothecary in. To tr on a, on a bike just to try and have one of them run around and do this because even then if if it's an apothecary over he's more expensive than the champion or if you ran the uh, guy with the banner the standard bearer one the ancient the bonus there is that ancient, yeah. they have abilities or abilities that are not affected but um, you're not you're not trying to fight with them right like with the champion you're trying to fight with him so if he does an action he can't do what he's supposed to do. Whereas if you have an apothecary, he's still giving up his little invuln or his uh, feel no pain bubble. That, feel the pain bubble. Yeah, the ancient yeah. is still gonna have his banner and do his banner thing. Uh, if he's still doing an action, like he's still serving his purpose for the army while he's stuck doing an action. So I feel like those are probably better options. And I think the ancient's cheaper than the apothecary, so it's probably the better. I think option. it is too. So, so ancient, yeah. Um, so one of the things to observe here. Is that so? I just looked up the rules for actions. So you can declare a unit will perform an action, providing it's not within engagement range and it did not advance or fall back. Okay. So I think that uh, full throttle interacts well with this because full throttle doesn't re require you to advance. So the stratagem full throttle. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Let's just check that because I think if you didn't advance, yep. it makes you advance, and if you've already advanced, then you don't get to advance again. I know it didn't used to. 
And again, they. I'm going to look. I know they've changed it too. So, this is how you know that we're serious about this. Is that if you're watching? Oh no, no, it has to be. It has to be after your army advances. Okay, yeah. Okay. Then in, in the index, it was it was. It, you couldn't advance, so it says after you've advanced, you have to do you immediately normal move up to twelve inches. Okay, so that means you can't you can't do that and do an action, but. 14 inches ain't bad. No. <laughs> um, especially if you hunt at the beginning of the game. I don't know if I'd do that. That's a lot of CP, but you don't want to leave them out there to get all to get all whipped. So this, I, I think this is the use case for like those smaller units of bikes. Yeah. Because uh, you want your out. I mean, outriders are 150 points. You want them doing up front doing a thing. Uh, but like a small unit of three bikes, that's like 90 points. Yeah, it's nothing. So... It's not really that. That's not much. So, yeah, it's... So you can have them just uh, just go around and, hey, I'm going to do an action. Hey, I'm going to do an action. <laughs> um, or maybe they full throttle to get behind cover and the next turn do an action. Right. Right, do the, do the thing. So, but I really like the idea of the character. That's a good idea. Um, and I think the Ancient probably is the right guy for that. Because the ancient can do, uh, I'm actually a big fan of the taken ancients for martial exemplar. Uh, oh, are they or sorry, no, not martial exemplar. Uh, uh, steadfast example. That's the one, yeah. the chapter ancient specific one that is double obsec. Yeah, it's an R of for double obsec. Everyone's obsec, and then everyone who's already is double. So him plus a unit of bikes is, you know, screw you double obsec, which is great. I'm just looking up what the. He's 100 points. The champion's 70 points. So he is still cheaper. But... So I guess mm -hmm. if you're trying to be points efficient on the action monkey, he's 70 points compared to 100. But he's not supposed to just sit there and do nothing. He's supposed to go fight enemy characters. Which, if you do take the uh, martial interdiction one, he is fantastic for picking up points on that. And because he's Ravenwing... If he fights and kills whatever he's fighting, then he can run away, right? So he just run away. Exactly. He just run away. He, you, you go in, you kill um, someone, you run away, and then you're like, I score 15 points. <laughs> the only downside to that is, um, does he have, wait? Does he have inner circle? Yes. All those guys in the, uh, the in that Raven Wing have inner circle. At least the those Raven characters, characters. You mean those characters do at least. I'm pretty sure they do. Because I know Martial Exemplar requires you to, or um, that one, the Martial Interdiction requires you to have. Uh, yep, yep, there it is. Raven, yeah. So I've, I've used the Raven Champion before. I actually really like it because the Martial Exemplar gives him and it gives him and an aura of reroll charges. Yep. So that's great. Um, he's got a good combat weapon. He rerolls. I think wounds. Yes, against enemy characters. No, hold on. Yes. So his mark. So against characters, he fights first. Yep. Um, and because he's inner circle against characters, he rerolls wounds. So that's like the other part. Of, um. Oh wait, no, that's a Deathwing thing. Yeah, and we forgot it's that he moves everything. Uh, we're thinking about those um, the teleport homers. Don't forget that in Devastator Doctrine, everybody moves an additional four, so you get eighteen inches turn. Additional one. three inches, yeah. Oh, yeah, three inches, yeah. So, so yeah, my 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 only my only complaint about Martial Interdiction is that um, if you say I want that character, 
they're just like, all right, they're just going to go stick the character in the back and hide him. I guess it depends. Like, yeah. if it's his, you know, smash boss, this is my, you know, my this is my dude who I rely on, like a keeper of secrets or something. Mortarian. Maybe, yeah, or Mortarian. Maybe he won't, but... Um, yeah, I have to admit, that, I, I hesitate to give someone that level of of control over my over my secondaries. And, but, and the only time I've used that have been in games where like that was the case. Like I picked the war, orc war boss that I knew was coming forward because he had to because there's no other way for him to play his list except to move his war boss closer like to me. The speed the speed boss, yeah. And then the other one was yeah, against a, a turned player that had a swarm lord, and it was the only psyker in his whole army. And he took secondaries where you stay in the middle of the board and do the psychic spell so that you get points. So he obviously was going to move his... Why? Yeah, that's just what he did. So he obviously... Why would you do that with a Swarm Lord? Okay, never mind. I'm cool. Whatever. Yeah, well... We're not... All right. <laughs> okay. No, all right. So like, yeah, I, I also... got to find that... that I also up. like Teleport Homers. I'm also a fan of Teleport Homers. I just missed... I just didn't pick up on it was a no characters because Arterius Data is no characters. Yeah. And Arterius Data has to be infantry, so... Um, how do you feel about banners for Dark Angels? Raise the banners. Well, because you have to be infantry to do that, right? Yeah, so you can't just run a bike out yeah. and, and raise a banner, which is sad because we have a guy on a bike with a banner, so it's like it's not like he couldn't do it. <laughs> but it can be a character that raises banners. Yeah, which is helpful. It does say that. So, yeah. And this is where the drop pods come back in again because you just drop pod onto some of the neutral zone ones and and raise your banner that way. Uh, I don't know. I've I've done it a few times. I remember like everybody that was sort of they were that was a big thing for a while. Everybody took it, and then people like refused to take it. Like my my old roommate Jacob refused it because he's like it's dumb. Everybody does it. It's dumb. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. Just sort of on principle. Uh, but I don't feel like people are yeah, using it quite where it was anymore because I just don't feel like I don't know. It just didn't seem like maybe the the infantry swarms are going to come back and it'll get popular again. It also kind of requires like a lot of objectives. So if you're not playing missions with lots of objectives, then it's not as useful because if there's only like the, the four objective missions, right? You have one, your opponent has one, and there's two in the middle. So, you know, what are you gonna if you if you're lucky, well, you're gonna get you all need three. how many how many do you need in order to you need three basically yeah. in order to max it. Yeah, for the so here's here's my thing about that. Um, if you are designing your list to do the I'm a Terminator and I don't care that you yeah. exist, which is you take Oaths a Moment, which is in No Mercy, No Respite. You take uh, Stubborn Defiance, which is in Battle for Supremacy. And then you take Raised Banners, yeah, you got your three there. which is in Shadow Ops. There's like, I have three units of Terminators sitting on three objectives and I do not care what you do. I don't. Yeah. I just don't. I, I can see um, that. I care because yeah. I'm not. I, I want to <laughs> so, go punch things. Like I'm a Ravenwing guy. I've, I, yeah, I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. No one's. So the thing is, no one's going to stranglehold you because there are no. They have to get three and more. Yeah. And in a six objectives game, no one's going to be able to stranglehold you. And if you think you're going to flip an objective on ten Deathwing Terminators, you have another thing coming. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I guess a, a big unit of Hecatrix Blood Rides can do it, but. It's it's going to be tough. Or you run so, into another Dark Angels player that's doing the same thing, and they have all those uh, turn off obsec, turn on obsec, like. But 
Yeah. You're, you're literally ba- you're but, why sit around yeah. and worry about the mirror match when it hasn't happened? Mm-hmm. This just doesn't happen yeah. as often. Well, you you worry about the mirror match when you're the leading army in the meta, yeah. which we're not. So exactly. that's fine. Okay, um, how about Octarius data? That's the other really popular one. Octarius data is the old deploy scramblers. So basically, it's you have to get an infantry non-character unit to do an action in each table quarter of the board, and you have to. So basically, you're it's once per turn. Right, and if you do it four times at the end of the game, you get twelve points. So easy to do it in your turn, in your obje- your two objectives. Hard to do it in your opponents. So if you do it in three of them, you get eight. If you do it in four, you get twelve. Well, what do you think? Well, I I enjoyed running uh, the list that did deploy scramblers. So, you know, I would enjoy running this, but I would definitely like build some things to do it specifically. Like I would have guys in drop pods, and that's how I would. And one of the things I found also with the doing deploy scramblers or even doing this is that I would definitely go out of my way to try and do the hardest ones first. That was always sort of my strategy. And mm-hmm. uh, so like trying to do it in my opponent's quarters. Um, and then one of the things I've actually found was a lot harder uh, is doing the middle of the board. Like go out and do the middle of the board first because it's going to get flooded immediately as soon as the game starts. And then what actually then ends up happening is that I end up doing my deployment zone on the second turn because my opponent's sort of pushed into uh, the middle, pushing into my deployment zone. So if I don't do it now, like I'm going to lose my deployment zone. And then I ended up a lot of times doing my opponent's last because he would, he or she had pushed into my deployment zone through the midboard and opened themselves up at the back. And then I just drop potted somebody into the back and went, and now I do it. Or I picked up uh, Phobos guys and redeployed them using the guerrilla tactics into their deployment zone to do it. Uh, That's the one I really like is the is the Phobos guerrilla tactics. I yeah. think that a unit of infiltrators or a unit of eliminators is really good for that. Uh, yeah, I agree. You should do the hardest one first. Um, the, the problem I've run into this. So I actually ran. I, I ran a firewing army a couple weeks ago. I okay. uh, just said, hey, I'm going to do all, the, the all Phobos. Let's see what happens. Right, all Phobos, all scouts. Um, and like one unit of Raven Wing. Uh, and I I lost, didn't have enough stuff to kill stuff, but uh, being able to just, hey, I, I pick up a unit of Eliminators that had got shot, like, shot almost to death and drop them, you know, next turn, drop them back on my opponent's board edge. You can't, trying to screen out one 32 millimeter base is very yeah. difficult, right? Drop them in and do Octarius data. And that was very effective. So uh, one other thing I'd like to point out is uh, your drop your plasma interceptors, uh, super beneficial. So like, used to be before a couple a couple of years ago, you could drop down from reserves, spend the two CP to count as not moving, and then just wreck house. But now yeah. you always count as moving when you arrive from reinforcements, regardless of any other rules or stratagems that are employed. So. What I'm thinking now is your unit of infiltrate, your unit of plasma scepters, they drop in wherever they're going to drop, and then they can spend two CP to do an action while not and shoot without failing that action. Oh, yeah, that's something else that you could do too. I mean, that's a generic space marine so, uh, strategy. It's a generic space marine one, but it's super valuable um, in, in for that particular case. And I have at least one game I've played in the last two months. I would have won if I had done that because I dropped plasma scepters in. I wiped an entire unit of Necron warriors, and yeah, they do that. I had the C- I had the CP to shoot or to to do that and do the action, 
but I didn't because I was trying to save it to make sure for Overwatch in case the the Necron Lord charged me. And if I had just done the action and scored the points, I didn't. I wouldn't have needed to Overwatch the Lord. <laughs> so, yeah. I can see. Yeah. No, that's definitely one. And I feel like that some some of these basic things. It's getting back to basics. That's what I need to because I've kind of been out of the game for, for a few sure. months with the move and things. It's remembering that the especially with Dark Angels and Space Marines in general, there's so many back to basic things that you can do that make you competitive that people forget because they're just that basic, like having the rights of war. Like, good grief, you can turn everything in your army into obsec. Like nobody runs that warlord trade, it seems. Like very few people will run it. That compared to like when it first came out, like everybody had that and now everyone's kinda of gone away. They've tried to make more you know, the classic smash captains or the slaplin or whatever. And it's like, Yeah, but what about the captain just buffing everybody into having rights with rights of war or you know people were putting it on their talon masters so that we could zip zam around and do stuff like that. i was gonna say i've seen it on talon masters a lot and that's a good one being able to like a raven character especially that one that can yep. fly that can just zoop hey look what's up this objective is mine now you're gonna charge me i've got armor's gaze yeah um, good luck what this overwatch is gonna be painful yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be some painful Overwatch for you. And so I've always, I just, and then so having a stratagem that lets you do these action-based uh, object secondaries and and still yep. fight is so important, especially when Dark Angels are have a lot of good shooting. Because again, they, imagine doing this with not just the plasma scepters, but like if you had a big fatty squad of hell blasters that you needed them to shoot and weapons of the Dark Age, but then also do an action. Like why not? They can do it. Just everything, things that you would normally would not expect to use as an action monkey just suddenly are way more useful because, hey, for this one turn, I can get them to keep doing things. Okay, so the last one in Shadow Ops is called Investigate Signal. And you would think that this synergizes well with Oaths of Moment. So Oaths of Moment, remember, is you get points for doing one of three things. One, not falling back. Yep. Two... Uh, destroying characters, vehicles, or monsters, and three, having a unit within six inches of the center of the board. Yep, all good things uh, the Dark Angels can do. All great things the Dark Angels could do, except for one thing. If you're going to use your Ravenwing Swift Strike uh, trickery, that's a fallback. That's true. So you would fail one of your oaths. Just, just pointing that out. Uh, it does come up. It's happened to me before. But So Investigate Signal requires you to do an action... Uh, with an infantry unit, but not a character, at the end of your movement phase, when you're wholly within six inches of the center of the battlefield and no enemy units are within six inches of the center of the battlefield. It completes the end of your turn, assuming you meet all those things. So you get three points for one. So you get 15 points if you stand in the middle of the battlefield and keep anyone else from being within six inches of it. I don't like this. Because if someone moves within six inches to the center of the battlefield, you have to kill them out of six inches to the center of the battlefield yeah. while doing an action. And we don't have enough units unless you like you brought a servitor or like that two-man Deathwing command squad. By the way, two-man two Deathwing command squads are superb action monkeys. Yeah. And the veteran squads Absolutely are fantastic. Too. Like the regular... Say again? The, like the company veteran squads are also two-mans. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Deathwing ones come with the invul saves, yeah, uh, and, and the transhuman, and and the transhuman, and the two. So just give them both storm shields, put them in cover. They got a zero up armor save. They got four up invul save. It, they're fine, right? But so yeah, um, I don't. I think that someone's just going to move a bunch of units within six inches of the center of the battlefield, and you're not going to be able to do the action. 
because you can't even start the action and let, if someone is within six inches of the center. It's not like, hey, start the action and then kill everything off and the end of the turn it resolves, you're good. No, you can't start the action if people are within six inches of the center. You just got to movement block good, I guess, or really well. Yeah, so there's, yeah, if, if you can move block, but once again, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a lot of investment when you can do something a lot easier. It's a big, you're going to basically have to build a castle in the middle of the board. Um, I'm not saying that we can't do that. I'm just saying that telling your opponent that if they put one toe within six inches of the center of the battlefield, you're going to lose three victory points. Yeah. Well, and that's one way to try and get Tau players out of their deployment zone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Well, remember, the the big winning Tau lists from 8th edition went and they took center position, yep. like Napoleon. Right? They weren't, they weren't, and, and every every army in 9th edition is designed to move because you have to. You don't have a choice Correct. anymore. So I think this would be good if you're playing Space Wolves or if you're going to be cheeky and you're going to bring a contingent of Space Wolves and they can all perform a heroic intervention. Oh, yeah. But, um, but I don't think this is a good fit for the Dark Angels. No. So, anyway. Um... I don't have a whole lot to say about Assassinate, Titan Hunter, or Bring It Down. Assassinate's a great option if they got a bunch of characters. If you play it against uh, Grey Knights or Thousand Suns, especially Thousand Suns, you're going to take Assassinate. Um, the question I have for you here, though, is based on what's going on with T-Suns and Grey Knights, do you think that the ability to take a Poor the Witch uh, is, an, is against those armies is warrants not, not taking a librarian. Are you going to leave? Are you going to leave Ezekiel at home so that you can take a pour the witch in those cases? No, no, because okay, no, because the Dark Angels magic is so powerful, and I've always been, I, I've been playing long enough that I feel like I remember back in the day that when people would run, uh, like an old fantasy, like you ran a character that his sole job was to carry your dispel scroll, so you could dispel spells automatically at some point in the game. Like everybody had a dispel scroll monkey. So, like, you had to have, so, like, with Thousand Suns being in the game and Grey Knights being the new the new hotness, people are just going to have to start running Librarians again, which means you might start seeing more of the Psychic Secondaries being an option, potentially, even though those guys are going to try, you know, they're going to try and stop you and deny you, so maybe not so much for yourself, uh, but you're going to want to be able to interact with them, right? You want to try and deny their ability to do that, and having, like, we're going to have to start seeing sort of, I'm assuming we'll start seeing uh, characters, Deathwing characters that are, are paragons of the, sh of the chapter because they're going to take Watched and something else because Watched is that once per game auto-deny. Like, yeah. It's just going to have to be a thing. Like when they want a Gates of Infinity, their big squad of Terminators on top of your Stubborn Defiance objective and try and clear you off of it. And you're just like, yeah, not today, son. No. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, like you're just going to um... want it. And, and, and that's just how it's going to be. Okay, so here's the next question. Uh, watched, I was a huge fan of when we could select Warlord Traits and Relics pregame. And it was my, oh, by the oh, hey, I'm playing as Grey Knights, I'm going to take Watched. Right. Right. I always had a Deathwing character in my army for that purpose. Now that you have to pre program it, I'm not as confident. I, I, oh, I think because you, so you can take so many Warlocks, you can take like three additional Warlord Traits. Between um, hero the chapter and uh, and mark for not mark for command, but whatever the one paragon. 
Yeah. Right. And your regular world trait. So it may be worth leaving that option available to you. Um, but I, knowing that, and I'm just looking at it right now, every single Deathwing unit can take a five point watcher in the dark, which gives them a once per game tonight. So, so my three, two to three man Deathwing command squads all have a, all have a deny. Azrael has a deny. Ezekiel has two denies, right? My Terminators, all my, you know, all have a deny. So is it necessary? And like I said, if you're really that concerned about it, you just take the Kalexis, put them in the front of your army and, um, Grey Knights can go screw themselves. <laughs> it's like, it's all there is to it. The big, the big thing for me too, though, is your, is Eldar. Like when Eldar, Craftful Eldar get their book refit, redone, like their magic is like super dumb good and synergizes your oh, yeah, whole army. Yeah. So like you're going to come back to like do not forget that watched exists or you could bring all these watchers in the dark and how they interact with the psychic phase because when Craftworld Eldar come out, like you're gonna want to have all this stuff like in your back pocket and at least know it's there. So like you're saying like we have to pre program, like, oh I have to just stick with this. It's not gonna be so bad when like you know there's gonna be Grey Knights, you know there's gonna be Thousand Suns, and you know half yeah. the field's gonna be Craftworld Eldar. Harlequins and like yeah. you might as well just bring it because you're gonna use it every game. And I guess it's fair too with Yep. <laughs> My Deathwing jump chaplain is gonna have watched. Yeah, he's oh, gonna yeah. have watched. Yeah, and Imperium Sword or something like that. But yeah, he's gonna have watched. Yeah. So Yeah. And then I think chaplains will definitely increase in effectiveness at that point. It's like you can't you can't deny my you can't you can't stop me from shouting. You can't you can't from deny rat my battling faith. my litanies. Yeah. So okay. Um yeah, I, I think the ability to turn off Obsec and Righteous Repugnance, uh, they're my two favorite spells. Uh, oh, yeah. They're fantastic. Um, I still haven't got around to trying a three-psyker three list uh, where I can have, like, access to all that stuff and other stuff. Um, and honestly, I'm telling you, the, uh, the the regular Space Marine Librarius tree is, is still really oh, yeah. good. Like... Hey, like you got problems with invul saves or incendiary, like throw a librarian in there and just give him a honestly. Um, can can Phobos librarians? No, just take a just get a Primaris librarian, put him into a pulser, and like throw him, drive him forward, jump him out, and cast Null Zone. <laughs> but to answer your question, yes, I'm pretty sure Phobos can still take generic. They can take anybody's. Can take librarius, yeah. Because that case, he could. Uh, do his own cast null zone on himself and then cast the temporal corridor on himself to jump out of the, you know, move forward, jump out of the impulsor and run an additional 12 inches forward to get the null zone where it needs to go, which is so much more effective than the reliquary, the repentant, but it has a fail point. So. Or you just have yeah. both. Poor Kano's dose. Or you just have both. <laughs> Yeah, I said Reliquary, when it was a mi flat minus one, I knew I was going to get utility out of it. When now that it's just debuffed to a five, I'm a little less good on it. Um, but Scorpec, the Scorpec Lord with a four up invul save is enough of a pain in my butt that I, yeah, I'm good. Okay, I'm we're gonna good with it. Out. So, yeah. Uh, all right. You, what else you got to say about these secondary objectives? Well, I need to get a lot more games, get a lot more practice because I am. This is literally the worst part of my game. 
I could do everything but this. And I think just a lot of it is just getting the reps and getting used to it. Uh, I know that there's sort of two general uh, fields of knowledge on this, and my buddy Chris and I, when we talk, I'm very much of the idea, and you've probably picked it up by now, of I I struggle so much that I try and pick three, and I try and play the same three every single game and try and play towards them. Like I tried to do the, the Octarius Data plus line breaker and it's like I just put guys in a drop pod drop the drop pod the guys hop out and so I'm scoring line breaker and doing that turn one and I just kept I just kind of beat that to death to the point that people figured out they're like look we're just going to screen you out and so you have to literally start building lists to do something else because you can't do this anymore which was a sad day for me also line breaker doesn't exist anymore so Ugh. well it's fall behind enemy lines I guess but yeah yeah um but the uh and then so like that's where I got screwed like when people started to figure out that like oh this is all you have to do and, and Bailey's list just like totally fall apart because he can't score uh, that that part sucks and then there's the uh, the other side of it of there are people like my buddy Chris that he's like yeah I don't think about secondaries at all when I build lists I just make lists and then I look at my opponent and go this is what I can do secondary wise and there are people that are really good at that I'm not one of those people so I have to build lists yeah. to do it that's that's a, that's a rare talent. Um, that's a mad lad. I, I usually know one or two things. I'm always have a hard time picking the third one. Um, and I will generally, like I said, if I put a big block of Terminators in the list, I know I'm going to try Stubborn Defiance. So I'm a fan of like a unit of 10 Relic Terminators. That way I can, if I and if I take a, if they're obsec, because yeah. I take the, the Vanguard squad, then I will make... I'll basically make it so I can combat squad them because I, I did this once and ten of them in one place. Even the fact that they've got the storm bolters and they can shoot is is it's too concentrated. Yeah, I wanted I I should have combat squatted them and left five of them to get the thing so I could move the other five forward. Um, so I think that's probably my like, hey, if you're gonna take do this, put ten of them, put and then like hell, even if you don't take the vanguard detachments, the robsec, give them a give them a deathwing ancient. Yeah. with Martial Exemplar or Rights of War. And now they're going to be obsec anyway. And they've got and they've got the pen and remembrance so you can give them minus one to minus one the damage. Uh it's not like you're not don't not want to do that. So I, I kind of think that the pen and remembrance is maybe starting to fall out of favor because there's so much damage reduction elsewhere in the meta that I think people are shifting away from it. Right. So um to, to just like higher rate of fire one damage so that's just my opinion though uh i could be wrong i haven't i haven't played against orcs or or i haven't played against orcs uh in or drakari i've played as drakari and i tell you i don't need multi-damage weapons as drakari i'm just gonna throw 60 dice at you yeah and kill you like that I, and I, uh, multi damage reduction does not a dang thing against drakari yep so i felt that from Heath and my roommate, so I know, <laughs> I I know that exact that exact. I guess the other thing too with the secondary sort of like a, like a last like for me as an overarching thought is, I've started to go on those take things you know you can at least get ten points on and not try and go oh they have five characters so I yeah. I could get fifteen or I could take this thing don't get greedy and it's and it's yeah. it's always always go for what you think you can get at least ten points on. Or, you know, get at least half the points. That's what I was like. If I know I can get at least eight doing this, just looking at the list, that's the one I'm going to take instead of going for the thing that hopefully I could get max points because, in my experience, I've never got there. And I just need to not... Okay, one last thing I want to comment on. Um, 
No Mercy, No Respite, which is, once again, would conflict with Oath, Oath of Moment. Yeah. No Mercy, No Respite has one called To the Last, which was the old While We Stand, We Fight. Oh, um, yeah. So, so we used to be real big into While We Stand, We Fight because you could make your Talon Masters the most expensive thing in the army. They would be hidden by the Deathwing Command squads, or you're never going to kill them. Now it's not the most expensive model. It's the most expensive unit. So if you want to take this, it can work, but you have to very carefully design your army to do it. Um, Talonmasters are what, 180 points? 175, I think. Talonmasters are 135? Or 75. What? 175. Okay, 175. I would say, oh my god, when did that happen? Yeah, 175. So um, your Ravenwing bike squads are going to come out to be a little more expensive than that if you're going to take the three attack bikes. So if you do like a, a unit of bikes, a, a attack bike squad, boom, they're base 50, multi-melt is plus 10. So if you do two multi-melts and a heavy bolter, that puts them at 160. So you could take three 160-point attack bike squads, three Talon Masters, that puts you pretty close to 1,000 points. Um, and so just design the army list around that, and it's not a bad way. And then you're going to take probably three Deathwing Command squads of two to three guys each. It's not a bad way to live your life, but you have to very you have to design the army around that. Don't. Um, I guess you go the other direction and say, hey, I've got a 450 point unit of Deathwing Knights. Exactly. Best of luck. Yep. <laughs> let's, let's 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 dance. Um, and that would actually give you motivation. To say, hey, look, yeah, if you kill this unit, I lose points. Come on. Come, come just play. try for it. Come play. Just, just come at me, bro. The water's yeah, fine. <laughs> you're, you're welcome to test your assumption that you can kill them on your own convenience. Uh, so yeah, so there. That one I think requires a lot of very specific list tuning. But it's but it's a valid. It's two opposite sides. One, hey, I, you can't target me because la 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 characters. Or, uh, hey, I've just got three giant brick house units of terminators, and best of luck with that. Yep. So either way, we can Dark, Dark Angels can play can can play that very effectively. So, yep. All right. All right. Well, what else we got? Well, you. I think you need to bring out your chaplain that you just showed us because that was part of the monthly challenge, and you've actually went up me on this because if I if I remember correctly, we were just supposed to be building, but you've like gone all the way out and tried started to paint him and stuff. What? Oh, we were totally supposed to build it. Yeah. Oh crap! <laughs> I thought it was paint. <laughs> I uh, I cracked like two nights ago, and like the paint was wet on this when we started the when we started recording. Oh wow! But um, yeah, sorry, my GoPro I use to record doesn't have super close resolution, but this is based off the Blood Angels Jump Chaplain. Uh, so I threw a, an Assault Intercessor Chainsword on him, so I can use the Teeth of Terra. And you see, his replaced his uh, you know Blood Angels Crozius with a Dark Angels Crozius. That's yep. a bit I got from a Ravenwing sprue. And then uh, his back cloak is actually off the uh, Legio Praetor model. Okay. From uh, the Dark Angels Legio Praetor from, from Forge World. It also so, looks and then like I put the one a, from uh, uh, Samuel, the, too. Uh, say again? The one from Samuel. Oh, really? It hmm. looks like the back, like his back uh, bit too. His little cloak. Yeah, it could be. I so I, I my Samuel model, I like I got it from a friend already painted, so I didn't paint build or paint it. But okay. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, I put a new helmet on him as well. So it's the once again, it's a Forge World Legio Praetor helmet. So it was like 
uses the angel's ambit in the eighth edition um ritual of the damned but yeah i'm actually pretty happy with this model i think it came out well i did some i tried to uh learn about some wet blending like try to new ways to paint black oh, uh, yeah, i've never been a big hard. edge highlighter but i tried to do some edge highlighting with black uh just to make it a little bit more broken up and uh it came out okay uh, I, and I did some some wet blending on his backpack to nice. try and leave some definition without just making it super matte. I think I'm, I think it came out okay. I'm no golden demon. I'm no crystal brush. I'm, but I can get it to a I think a reasonable tabletop standard. So oh, that's all, and that's all like you really people are asking for. It's like it just has to look nice. It doesn't have to. You don't have to like yeah. Break if you make bank. a we honest good faith effort. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> don't freak. Well, and if it's too crazy good, like you, like I'll be like, dude, put that in a box. Like, why is that on the table? Like, it's gonna get dropped. Mm, Someone's gonna yeah. knock into it. Like, yeah, you don't want anything that nice on the table because then people are just nervous to play with it. But anyway, I'm gonna mm -hmm. give you bonus points for that though, Heath, since you thought you also had to paint it and you did put the time into that. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna score bonus points for you on that one. You deserve it. Fair enough. I was I'm unsure of the mechanics, the bonus points for our system, but I'll take it at least on the the moral victory. So. Yeah. I'll find. I'll figure out what that what that is, but just know you're going to get bonus on it. I've decided. Cool. I think there's I'm, at least one or two other strat, one or two other this year. I've failed. So there we go. But so I I did the Deathwing uh, champion. So I'm going to try and get him up here. Okay. So he does. So he's got his halberd. I took like the sergeant yep. back wings and threw him on there because I wanted him to look bigger and more imposing. That's a good look. Because he's like he's like yeah, it's, like, a, it's like a real bird, right? He's got to have his wings up. He's got to be he's got to look bigger and more intimidating than the average bear, right? So he's got those, and it actually mm -hmm. there's like a little like they're little latches that they actually pop onto on his back that I didn't re like they're oh, all cool. they're on all the terminators, and I'm like I wonder what these are for, and then I found out it's like oh terminators have these little bumps on their back so that you can attach wings to them if you want to. Um, I don't think you can actually upgrade his halberd at all into anything else like, i think he just gets stuck with it so like trying to give him the burning blade or anything this, yeah it's this well it's a hold on actually or something it's a spear of something um you may be able to mastercraft it if assuming it doesn't already have the mastercrafted keyword or if it's a relic but uh ancient terminator armor deathwing champion yeah deathwing champion all right looking for it i know it does a lot of attacks against halberd of caliban but hey, you could absolutely mastercraft a halberd of Caliban because it's not a relic and it's not already mastercrafted. That's good. So that could be a so it's plus three minus three three uh, two damage that would make it three damage. If it's within engagement range of ten or more models, he can make three additional attacks. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. So if these Bob infantry squads keep becoming an annoying thing, like here's here's your here's your dude, mm -hmm. bro. Even though he's a champion who's supposed to fight characters, so that's like where the weapon's kind of silly in a way because he's a champion, so he's supposed to you know duel enemy characters, but then his sword gets or his weapon only has bonuses well, against infantry blobs. You, well, you know, well once again, he has the martial superior superiority rule, so he can fight first against characters. Yeah, and he's Deathwing, so in the assault doctrine, he gets to reroll wounds against characters and vehicles. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like, hey, all the all the bad guys, you got to fight through a wave of mooks before they get to you, before you get to That's them. True. So I actually don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all. And if you can master craft it and give him the plus one damage, then he's it's like he's basically waltzing around with the thunder hammer. Then it's like it's a thunder hammer with extra rules. Yeah, yeah, it's a plus three minus three. 
Um, and honestly, you could give him you could give him Fury of the Lion, so that if he charges or is charged or heroically intervenes. Oh, and he can heroically intervene six inches to a character to get to a character. Yeah, you give him Fury of the Lion, so he's going to be strength eight. Yeah, <laughs> when good. he on the first turn of combat, that's not bad. With yeah. a three, with a three damage minus three AP weapon, potentially minus four. If he gets seven attacks against a, yeah, that's cool. He's still got a, he's still only got a five up and will save, but he's got permanent transhuman. So, yeah, I'm honestly like I played the Raven, with the Ravenwing Champion once, and he did a great job, with the exception of he doesn't have an invul save in combat. Yep, that's the only. So I honestly, side. I honestly think that it might be worth like i said don't take a relic weapon on him instead give him the uh the armor and dominus so we can get a once per game three up and bowl oh yeah that's that's spicy i think that's probably a good use case for him or a good strategy for him um man i'm really i can't believe i missed it that that, <laughs> that teleport homers doesn't doesn't restrict characters dang it all right i'm gonna do that that's, that's going on the we, list that's why we that's do going this. on the list that's why we're here yeah it's good it's good. Also, line of breakable is super valuable for single model characters. Because, like, I'm going to surround you. Like, that's cool. I don't care. Only those first ranking guys is going to get me. So. All right. And so for our challenge for next month, I think we talked about earlier at some point today about doing vehicles. So let's do that. Let's either build and or paint a Dark Angels vehicle. Because I think you had stuff to build I... and I have something to paint. I've got I've got three of those ATVs in a box that one of my lights is sitting on. <laughs> I've got a tactical war suit. I've got an impulsor half built in my closet. But I know I know for a fact that what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try and build a Land Raider Achilles. Let's go. <laughs> I now I kind of want to do uh, it because I am because I'm just dumb like that. So, um, man. Can I get the pieces to do this? It's all about getting that quad launcher. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could modify the Land Raider hull I already have. All right. I'm going to, yeah. Okay. Vehicle. I'm going to go on record as saying I'm going to try and do an Achilles, but if I can't get the parts in time, I may have to just do something well, else. The, so My suggestion would be, can you build the quad launcher out of any of the guns from the Ravenwing, Dark Talon, Nephilim jet fighter bits because doesn't the because there's like a burst gun on the jet fighter right so like the nose gun doesn't the that... jet it has a mega bold of you to assume that i have any of those parts left i've got three <laughs> of those aircraft hulls but i don't have any of the sprues left i don't think i'll have okay. to go through my box um yeah that's a good idea uh that's a good idea i will okay i'll see if i can sort it out I'll see if I can sort it out. Yeah, well, we'll I'll, I'll keep in touch with because I'm like the king of like finding random bits to do things. Because I'm always thinking about doing yeah. doing this. I've I've got a whole bedroom in my house. It's just my like hobby space. Let's go. And I got so much random crap around here. Maybe one day we get more followers and people actually give a crap. We'll uh, do a tour of my hobby space. It's just cribs whatever. with so, Heath. <laughs> cribs with Heath. Yeah. All right. So let's do that. We're gonna build yeah. a vehicle or paint one uh, cool. for the next month. Let's do it. Uh, going to the community interaction, uh, we don't have, due to the nature and the lack of stuff going on, which, again, I apologize because a lot of that I feel is like my fault because I've been crazy with moving and 
and all sorts of nonsense in the last couple months. So I apologize for that to everybody on that one. Uh, especially Heath, since Heath and I are like paying for this nice service to actually do the podcast, and it's like, well, we're not using it now. I feel really bad. Uh, but yeah, is what it is. Uh, the uh, at Gen Con, I was asked the question um, by this by my guy Pete. He was he was the guy that spent the sixteen hours on the Intercessor. So shout out to Pete. He asked me at the con uh, what my favorite paintbrushes are. So I like here are my paintbrushes. Like all of them. Is that an army painter wet palette? It is. And your brushes. I also have an army painter wet palette. <laughs> so. So. Yep. You want to see, and, and and if you want to see just the madness that goes on inside that wet palette, that's what the inside of the wet palette looks like right now. Oh yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, but in here it's... I got I got some army painter brushes. I got like the insane detail brush and some of the other ones like that. Uh, I do have some official games workshop brushes. I like the like the, the like the the layer brushes like the small ones those aren't too bad for doing some stuff uh i found for like my washes there's some like sort of like cheap random brush like you buy like a hundred of them at a time for like 10 or 20 bucks when you get from like from like michael's yeah i yeah. agree i like yeah. those for my washes They're, they kind of look like this i like these to do washes for a wash you want like a yeah a brush like a with a bit with a big belly to it yeah so i agree with that and then there's uh I think they're the 10 well i have a five over zero brush from that i got at like a hobby store like a, a art supply store so it's like really got a really tiny head to it that i like doing eyes with although this one's kind of beat to death i need to get a new one um there's like a 10 over 10 over zero or a 10 point or whatever whatever it's called it looks like 10 over zero 10 aught yeah and then yeah, 10 aught. yeah that's the brush i like the most for like doing just about everything like because it's small enough i can do a lot of detail but big enough i can you know if i'm taking my time i can do a lot of areas i end up buying lots and lots of those to do all sorts of work so the answer so i'm using i'm using a kalinsky uh scale color right now okay this is my like my character brush they just they hold such a great point, and they're so good with acrylic paint. So, um, I use uh, I do use a lot of Citadel uh, Citadel brushes. I think they're good. They're expensive, but I can get them at my hobby store, so I can support my hobby store. Uh, and so they're 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 medium brushes. Sorry, their layer brushes are great. Uh, their dry brushes I'm not a huge fan of, uh, but their their layer brushes are are good. I like their layer and I like their base brushes. Um, for dry brushing, if you're not just like grabbing a makeup brush from, from CVS, you're screwing up. That's all you need. Just like a $1 makeup brush from your significant other, or just go to the drugstore and grab one. Hey, they're they're fantastic. Thing now. Like no one's going to judge you if you go in there, they're just going to ask you. What no, no, just go, just go buy a damn brush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's fine. Right. Um, just go buy a makeup, just go buy a brush. No one cares. It's going to be fine. Uh, I did. I did get some of uh, a set of Monument Hobbies Pro Acryl uh, brushes. I'm. I still haven't used the Pro Acryl paint yet because I was trying to move through some other stuff I was doing with, with the same scheme. But the next squad of, of Terminators I paint, I'm going to use some of the Pro Acryl stuff. And I got a set of their uh, synthetic brushes. So far, I like them. I, I do. Uh, they're not. They're they're good quality. They're not expensive. Um, it's hard to get uh, natural hair like stable hair brushes these days because the COVID they had to 
like those those sable hair brushes actually come from mink, I think. And they had to destroy like millions Zombie of mink because they all got like, infested with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, no, like this is like yeah. literally one of the like people were mad about the po- uh, zombie apocalypse not occurring during COVID. It's like no, it literally did. It just happened to these little like tiny weasel things. Yeah, these little tiny tiny animals that we use to like breed paintbrushes. Like it was, it was, it's sad. Nuts. It's, like so that's why it's kind of expensive to get natural hair brushes right now. <laughs> no, like supply ten, chain problems to put it euphemistically. Tens but, to hundreds of thousands yeah. of animals having to be destroyed at one time and like. Denmark and millions, Belgium. Millions, yeah. yeah. Denmark, they, they destroyed like 2 million mink. It was crazy. And then when um, their bodies decomposed, it pushed the other ones out of the dirt, so they had to dig them up and burn them. Like, literals like zombie even, apocalypse yeah. in Belgium. Or not Belgium, in Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, so like, anyway, crazy. Anyway, so, there we go. See how this works. That's my that's my little paint station over there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. My airbrush hood and my half-painted Blade Guard veterans. But no, I've got I've got a little bit of everything. Um, my honestly, to tell you the truth, kind of the brush I would probably recommend for someone as like your first general multi-purpose, uh, the Army Painter Small Dry Brush. Oh yeah, I got one of those. Army Painter Small Dry Brush. It it has a chisel tip on it, and it's flat, so it holds it holds a great shape. You can use it. Yep, that's the I one. That's the little guy right there, right? I literally just used it today right? on my bikes. <laughs> yeah, that thing is a fantastic i love it i would i would paint whole armies with just that brush i've owned probably 20 of those over the 20 something years i've been playing this hobby uh that is just a workhorse of a brush it'll do flat panels it'll do small spaces it'll do dry brushing it'll do blending it'll do everything i i love those brushes uh the only thing you got to be careful with them is getting is making sure you take care of them uh so grab some of the grab some of that brush soap, either Masters or the Gens Unicorn stuff. That stuff's good. The Gens Unicorn stuff that you get from Monument Hobbies is better. Okay. Uh, and and just keep keep good care of them. And those brushes will, they're fantastic. They'll do a lot for you. So that's my that's my opinion on the matter. All right. So there you go, Pete. Hopefully, I'll I'll link you if you haven't if you don't find this on your own, but you get the shout out, and that's the hobby side on the what brushes we like to use between Heath and I and yeah and like my big thing is anywhere I time I go anywhere and there's see an art store I go and I buy brushes and I try and buy the smallest ones I can because those are the things that are hardest to get sometimes so that's just sort of how it is all right so thank you all for listening to this month's episode of the path to redemption the Warhammer 40,000 Dark Angels podcast uh our next episode will hopefully come out uh, in October. All right, uh, I might be moving in between now and October, and maybe I won't be in the basement by then. But the plan is to get one episode in October. Uh, I will be at a tournament in October, so I'll at least have some field experience to talk about again, which will be nice. And same thing in November, so that's what you got to look forward to in October and in November is that there's going to be Ooh, yeah. uh, some feel on you know hands-on in the field experience, at least on my end. So please subscribe, like, and comment below uh, if you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite uh, preferred podcasting service. Last but not least, we'd like to thank Purple Planet for the use of their music. Uh, we Both Ethan and I love it a lot. And until next time, I'm Bailey from Dankless Wargaming. And I'm Heath with Table or Hawaii.